When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Good on today's Sports Though Fantasy Baseball Show. We are entering the fantasy playoffs. So we're going to talk with fantasy playoff participants, talk about some different strategy as well. We've got fantasy baseball postseason awards all coming at you today. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Though Fantasy Baseball Show. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com and Righteous Felon Jerky. I'm your host, Vince Stover. I am joined by the senior Belly Up Fantasy Baseball writer for BellyUpFantasySports.com, the one and only Kevin Wilson. Hey, Kev. How you doing, man? You know, I'm doing great. Uh, could be doing better, you know, with uh, my Dodgers, didn't pretty much get swamped. But uh, other than that, baseball is in full swing. Got college football yesterday. We've, this is the last Sunday without pro football. So if you're in the sports world, you have to be pretty pleased with uh, how things are working right now. And I am. So I'm, I'm really I'm excited to get started and see what we come up with on this particular show. It should have something for everyone. Uh, indeed, we do. We want to welcome in, by the way, our live viewers on the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page and the Sports Stove YouTube page, as well as everybody listening later via their podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us. We sure appreciate your listening and support throughout the season. We are here at the end of the fantasy baseball season. We're entering into the playoff week. And then on top of that, we've got, of course, championships and stuff like that, too. But our show is starting to wind down. We'll have a couple more episodes still this year. Um, but we've been at it since February, Kevin. And uh, hard to believe, <laughs> right? Amazing since February. And so uh, what is that, like eight, six, seven months or so? Of, of oh, I'm, not, I'm not here to do math, Kevin. Uh <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So, you know, I was not the math guy. Okay, just so you know that. And, uh, but... You know, we we have covered it. We've been before the season, during the season, and you know, people are like, "Well, do these two know what they're talking about?" Well, here we are in the door of the fantasy playoffs, and lo and behold, for the second consecutive year, you and I are going to go head to head in the very first round. So I think we can conclude that yes, we do know something about what we're talking about, and we're happy to help others. We were here in February. We're still here in September. Uh, We are in a 10-man points league uh, where only four teams make the playoffs. Uh, You are the one seed. I am the four seed. We're going to talk with the two and three seeds here in just a moment as well. Um, So it's been a long, winding road to get here, but we've gotten here. 
And now everyone is entering in, at least in, I would I would assume it's everyone, uh, entering into the fantasy baseball playoffs now. Some people, if you're in larger playoff leagues, you only do one-week matchups, uh, but you're still starting now to get into the championship at the right time. We do two-week playoff ser- matchups because it's only four teams. And uh, I was actually doing doing some research, getting ready for this show. And uh, I think we're in for quite the battle, Kev. Uh, we get, I think we no, are. No matter what happens, one of the hosts is going to be in the championship. In the so championship. I think that's good. That's right. So, uh, so it's exciting. And people will definitely want to stick with the show throughout these playoffs because we will certainly have something to talk about regardless of what happens. Yes, indeed. And of course, you can uh, even when the show, we won't be quite as active probably over the next couple of weeks, but uh, there will still be articles going out on bellyupfantasysports.com. All of yes. Kevin's articles are there yep, as well. You know, there so you there are to fantasy baseball strategies up the wazoo because uh, we talked strategies last week, you and I. Yes. And I put out an article on Friday about strategies which i added a couple of things to what we discussed and uh we'll have some strategies tonight and uh as you mentioned the other two that are in the playoffs i'm sure we'll have some strategies of their own and uh especially with uh, chase who's never done this before made the playoffs so i'm interested to hear what he has to say about uh, his strategies and did it change during the season and any uh anything that he can recommend for newcomers coming into their first playoff. So I am really looking forward to this. All right. So typically our first segment we call the fantasy burner, but since we're making the call to the pin, our first segment today is going to be our call to the pin. Our call to the pin is presented by righteous felon jerky. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. And Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market. Visit RighteousFelon.com. Use promo code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. The first guest that we have coming in today, uh, he is a uh, host or co-host of a fantasy football show every Sunday morning. Uh, uh, he's got lots of things going on. Show, are we not, but... Uh, he's Chase Thorne. He is the team manager of the Rice Lake Chasers, who finished the season 14-7 and seven, and his first year in our league. Right. And if I remember right, Chase, is it your first time playing fantasy baseball or your first time in a long time? No, it, it's my first time playing fantasy anything outside fantasy football. I've never done, I've never got into the golf or, or basketball or anything else. Um, so, this, yeah, this is my first time ever. But um, it's I was surprised that how similar yet how different the two games are really i mean some of the same principles apply in terms of value and and that kind of thing but i the the day-to-day management of the thing i I study football all the time but i'm not necessarily worrying about my lineup every single day multiple times a day so yeah yeah so yeah so you definitely have to pay attention in in baseball as we all know because yeah game starts seemingly you know before we were almost ready to go to work sometime and so you know you have to know what the matchup is when games start because if you don't make that change and i've 
even a veteran guy as myself, I've had that happen where I made a change and it was like two minutes after the game started. So it yep. didn't change until tomorrow. So, you know, that's one of the things unique about fantasy baseball that beats every other sport because, you know, in basketball games don't start till seven or so. But in baseball, <laughs> they start games at noon over there on yep. the East Coast. And so I've never been able to figure out who exactly they expect to go to a game on Thursday at noon. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, but, like, it's, it's those elementary school days where they're having the schools come out, field trip day kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, you got to watch out for them. Now, Chase, you started the season three and six. It didn't look promising in the early oh, part of the season, but then you won 11 of your last 12 matchups. Uh, to jump all the way up to the three seed, I think is where you finally ended up at, yep. uh, right there behind my dad. But right, you're pushing them uh, for sure. Uh, so you get up to that that th- the end of the playoffs. Um, what was the biggest takeaway? Uh, fantasy baseball. I mean, you talked about already the daily lineups and things like that. Um, but was there something that surprised you more about fantasy baseball that you maybe weren't expecting? Well, I, uh, for one, and I might have made this uh, comment during the actual draft itself, but I was, I thought I knew baseball. I, I, I watched it a lot. I, I watched, I followed it. I read a lot about as much as I can, you know, um, thought I knew baseball and then started having to look at my lineup every day and thought, oh man, what, you know, ah, who's this guy? Or, oh no, I didn't anticipate the idea that this guy would be sitting today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're doing daily roster management. If you're, if you're really paying attention in, in fantasy football to you do daily roster management, but the lineup thing is there's that added like stress element or however you, for lack of a better term every day, making sure that you are putting yourself in position for the end of the week and, and having to plan ahead, having to plan ahead three, four days. You have to plan ahead somewhat when you make your decisions on who you're going to start Thursday night in the, you know, in the NFL. But fantasy baseball, those questions happen like repeatedly every single night. And as one contest is coming to an end, you have to be looking forward to the next one. There are there are off days when you don't know there are going to be off days. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious if you changed your strategy at all. That so was the question I was Kevin, going to get to. Kevin what was your is strategy when you started, and is it yeah. different today? Kevin is the most consistent. Uh, in our league, as far as the, the wins and losses go, he obviously finished the season on top. But honestly, Chase, you're the most dangerous team heading into the playoffs. You've been putting up so many points um, every week, with the exception of one week against Nuyen. You still beat him because he's horrible. Yeah. But and I, I, uh, <laughs> I landed on the right week that week. I really did. Right. So, so yeah, what changed for you, if anything, throughout the season? Well, I learned real early on that like you that you cannot have that you know. Uh, recency bias or yeah, and self-confirmation mm. of like, oh, well, I drafted these guys. This has got to be a good team. And hold on to that and hold on to that and hold on to that and hold on to that. Honestly, my uh, the, my original starting lineup lined up so well that like I, I had enough starts every single week in terms of getting starts from the pitchers. And, of course, we play on ESPN platform, and that's notorious for having a pitcher limit that's not really a pitcher limit if you can get the right guys. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, First off, learning to let go of, yeah, a guy that wasn't performing, even if you know, not one of the superstars, but let go of my role players who maybe haven't been performing, you know, be willing to pick another guy up, be willing to churn at certain positions, be willing to, to move guys in and out like that. And then also be willing to look forward, really manage the roster, really manage that the, your starter limit 
in the in your well, bullpen, but manage your starter limit so that if you need that big boost at the end of the week, there's still the possibility of it that can backfire. But if it backfires and you were in a position where you need felt you needed that anyway, <laughs> yeah, you know, you were out of it anyway. But yeah, you ended I, up. I really with did the... change my. I really did change strategies because I kind of started learning some strategies. Whereas coming into it, yeah. So did you, you... learn more from just? experience or did you go to a, you know did you search out you know how you know, any kind of sources or anything oh i i read you- stuff all the time i read i read as much as i could i let i, I obviously i read your articles and in, in fact you bring up the joke of well you're just releasing your fantasy tips articles and anybody out there should be reading as soon as as soon as i saw it pop up on the editor page in our work chat i clicked right over there and read it because i figured well he's been in it he knows he knows more than i do so and I am, yeah, yeah, I respect you as a colleague. So I was like, well, heck yeah, I'll check that out. I did read, I did read, but yeah, some of it trial and error. Some of it uh, trial and error. Chase, you made the second most moves acquisitions in our league this year, only yeah. behind Kevin. Kevin made 171 transactions this season. Uh, Chase was only 50 behind him at 120. Um, and you were the only two over 100. I had 89 uh, third most in the league, and then Dad, who's the other uh, playoff, uh, person, he was number six on the, in the league uh, with transactions as well. So, um, amazingly enough, Nathan Nugent, the worst team in the league, he made uh, he was the fourth from the bottom of most transactions. So he made more than some other people did, uh, but still could not make it happen. But anyways, uh, that's to me it's the same thing. We meet Kevin talking about all the time. Uh, that bottom of your rotation, the bottom of your roster is yep. constantly overturning. Um, sometimes it's the same guy. Uh, you drop one guy, pick up this guy, and then when then you go back to the other guy. It's, it's streaming yep. in that sense uh, kind of mentality as well. And uh, a lot of things change. Now you're going to the playoffs. It's a two-week stretch now in the playoffs. Yep. I know you don't want to give away everything because your opponent's actually well, listening. You might as but... well because we've already done that, Chase. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. It's only fair. <laughs> it's only right. fair. Me and Kevin have told everything. Um, uh, what Do you have a philosophy first time in the playoffs? So do you have a philosophy going into it? Just keep things going the same? Or are you looking at anything different? Well, no. I, I mean, I'll be looking at it the same same that I've been trying to do since, like I said, I started actually formulating my strategy and learning more about in-week gameplay. Um, I, I'll be looking to maximize my, my pitching points by trying to keep my uh, relievers fresh or churned, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to, at the beginning of the week, what I like to do is I like to count out the starts that I know I have on the roster that I want to keep. Because as we said, sometimes you got to let a guy go. Um Count that out. See if there, see you know if there's anything I can do to maneuver, anything I want to do to maneuver to try and you know backload my starts on the week. But then also try to use that to gauge out if I need to if if I need to have a slot where a receiver where Rysel Iglesias has been used for three days in a row because they don't do that with him. They don't. They will not pitch him more than that. Um, you know, making sure that I can look ahead and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to swap that pitcher out that day anyway so i can plug that with a reliever for the night and then plug in the start of the next day learning how to manage my my bullpen something that quite a few guys in real life need to learn how to do better but uh <laughs> yeah, managing that's the bullpen a- is is my complete and entire strategy for that that and not like kevin said in his article not being biased about guys just because i've had them for a long time or, yeah. there's no tomorrow so there's no waiting for matt chapman to actually hit like it's supposedly april again 
It's exactly. You know, so it's, I'm like, an incredibly be, patient. I'm an incredibly patient managing baseball, right. uh, fantasy baseball manager, but my patience is now over. I can't afford to be patient more. MJ Melendez, I've had my roster all year. Guess what? He's off the roster. We're well, moving you know on I to the next thing. Up. I just picked him up, Vince, so we'll yeah. see how yeah. that's going to work out. Well, I can uh, only hope that he's, he screws you over as much as he has me this year well, uh, here in the playoffs. <laughs> well, you know, if he starts to screw me over, I won't wait very long to uh, – to, to make a move. And yeah. you know, the interesting part to me, Vince, is you know, I made the most moves, as you said, but because I went through and I counted it out, you and I had the same number of players that we drafted on our, on our active roster, 12. Still on the roster. Still on the roster that we drafted, 12. And then Chase, you, and Dale had 10. So That's some good research, Tim. 1,478 moves, but... <laughs> It, all of you, you mentioned that, Chase, our, our core guys, we didn't mess with our core guys. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be interesting to see if that remains the case now that we're in the playoffs. Do those guys yeah. that we still have drafted in our teams, do they make it to the end? Yeah. And we talked about it last week a little bit. It's tricky being in the playoffs versus the championship because you still have another round to go. Right. You don't want to you don't want to lose too much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so okay. You so you're matching up with my dad for that championship. Otherwise, yeah, doesn't you know doesn't matter. Very true. Uh, Chase, you're matching up with my dad. We're gonna have him on in a second. Uh, on the season, you're two and one against dad. Uh, your one loss, you only lost by 13 points. Your two wins, you won by 172 points and by 82 points against him. So do you feel like you own? Uh, you know, we're Packer fans. We know that we own the Chicago Bears. You feel like you own the say hey stoves. Uh, not necessarily, but I do. I, I did feel I, I knew I wanted to lock in that three seed because seating was still up for grabs coming into this this last contest here between between your dad and myself and, and you with the scoring yeah. being so close between all three teams. There were and, and the head to head records and everything. There were tiebreakers in play, but I knew I wanted to lock in because I had I knew I had had good success against your dad throughout the season. Uh, the 13 point loss was when he was undefeated still and, and rolling yep. through at the top of the league. So, um, you know, I, but I, I knew I, I, for whatever reason I had matched up well against him. And uh, as my point totals increased throughout the season and climbed the chart, I was like, yeah, started to look at who I was matching up well with. And I knew I didn't want to have to try and knock Kevin off again because right. <laughs> only three of them, it had only happened three times so far this year. And, I didn't want to match up with him in the in the first round, so I knew I had to win coming in this last this last week here. Definitely. Now the four of us uh, highest scoring teams in the league points four. Uh, now points against are different. You really can't control that. Um, no. But we were not necessarily the top four teams in that. But we were the top four teams. Kevin led the league eighty six sixty two. Chase was second eighty one twenty six. I was right behind him at eighty seventy six. And Dad just below eight thousand seventy nine fifty nine. Um, the top four scorers, and actually Mike Brown was fifth, and he was fighting until last week. He officially got eliminated last week um, for that fourth spot. But uh, nonetheless, that's where we are. Chase, um, we're going to get on to Dad, but uh, congratulations on a great Congrats. season. You know, that's, that's an accomplishment you. when you first play yeah. and you make the Well, playoff. hold on, Kevin. Easy now. Pump the brakes. It's beginner's luck. We all know it's beginner's luck. Next year, it'll go all downhill. But You don't have uh, to talk too much smack, Vince, because you're not playing him yet. 
They don't that's right. Yeah, I can say whatever. Seeds, they don't hang banners for three seeds. So that's right. <laughs> gotta take care of business here. Four weeks. Baby. One day at a time. One day at a time. That's right. You know, you have to deal with me first. So, you know, let's let's keep the smack talk between you and I for the present. Okay. All right, Chase. Tell us where we can uh, get all of your content. Where you're putting it out at. Where people can catch you. At. All right. Well, for one, uh, as you guys, a lot of you guys know, you can find me and Kevin uh, every Sunday morning at. 10 o'clock central 11 o'clock on the east coast where time began uh but you can find us here on the belly up fantasy sports uh you know on our on our belly up fantasy sports uh youtube channel um at 10 o'clock like i said central 11 o'clock eastern that's every sunday morning we'll be a lead-in show kind of for football and get you guys set up for you know winning your fantasy leagues and making last minute dfs twists um otherwise you can find me on the twitter x whatever the flavor of the day is at stt chase ffb and, uh, you know, find my writing on bellyupfantasysports.com. I'm actually going to go right from this to MD's fantasy football show as well. So I'll be making appearances on there throughout the season as well. Nice. Me and, me and Dan Mater uh, have been back and forth on Twitter uh, arguing the uh, legitimacy of Mike Evans this season. Uh, he's very down on Evans. Yeah. I'm not super high, you but I'm might, You know, it's interesting I'm, you, I'm you, you bring that up, Vince, because we talked about that very player on our show so you might want to plug into that yeah and see what dan we had chris to say and I, about him dan and I, dan and chris and i talked about mike evans actually in canton so yeah no i yeah he he, he diverges with me on that as well so. <laughs> all right he's chase thornton he's the team manager for the rice lake chasers locking in the three seed in his first year in fantasy baseball into the playoffs we'll check in on him as we get to the championship round uh, whether he win or loses, we will we will check in with them again. Chase, thanks for being a part of the league, man, yeah, and for absolutely. jumping on tonight. We really appreciate it. Well, yeah. Thanks for having me. We appreciate, appreciate it, guys. It. Good luck. All right, thanks. That's Chase Thornton from BellyUpFantasySports.com. All right, guest number two on the day, uh, because he's the two seed, is the one and only Dale Stover, my dad. Hey, Dad, how you doing? Hey, doing good. All right, so you you sat there, you listened to Chase a little bit. Your uh, season went a little different than Chase's. You ended the season fifteen and six, locked in the two seed. Uh, second year in this league, you've been playing fantasy baseball now for. I didn't look it up. It's been a, a little while though. Do you know how long you've been playing? No, no, just whenever we started those two leagues that we're in um, here, yeah. which has been quite a while ago. So yeah, it has been. I don't know that I can. I don't know if I can find that. But anyways, um, you started the year eleven and zero. I mean, eleven and zero. We were talking every week. Well, actually, we didn't talk for the first several weeks, and then Dad would say, "Well, you never talked about the fact that I'm doing great." Uh, so we started talking about Dad, and then he started losing. Uh, you went on a four-game losing streak, then a three-game winning streak, then a two-game losing streak. And you won your last game of the season. Uh, you went four and six to close out the year in your last ten games after starting eleven and zero. Oh. And we just talked to Chase about it. You got blown out by Chase the last two times that you faced them. You did beat them earlier in the season as well. We've talked separately, Dad, but you are aware uh, you're you're hitting Chase at at a hard time. Uh, he's 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 rolling right now, right? Yes. No. He's. He's very hot, probably the hottest guy in this. And um, but yeah, definitely is doing doing extremely well. And so I'm going to have to really stay on top of it um, to be competitive here. You know, uh, a lot of fantasy 
fantasy sports altogether, but fantasy baseball has a little bit to do with luck. If you hit the right matchups in the week and if you your players get hot. Um, so um, we'll see. I've got some things coming in good for me this week. Um, a lot of my pitchers pitched, um, you know, earlier or, so or later, and they're going to pitch a couple times this first week. And, you know, we'll just see how that goes. But, um, no, I'm definitely going to have to stay right on it. And my guys will have to have to have some good weeks, and I'll have to, you know, make some good moves um, to stay with him, no doubt about it. Uh, I did look it up, Dad. You've been playing since 2009. You finished third place in the first ever uh, first ever league that we did. I'm uh, looking to see real quick your first championship that you won. Uh, did you ever win that league? Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I've won. I, I, I have won that league, I think, yeah, a couple times, but um, not uh, a lot. That's not, that's not what the history is saying, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I'm not seeing it, but that doesn't matter. Okay, um, so – did you make any changes strategy wise this year for philosophy wise of how you were running your team or did you pretty much just stick it out all year long? Well, I, I made a change coming, a couple changes coming into the season because last year was my first year in a points league ever. And I like yeah. it a lot better. It's a lot of fun. Um, but, I, you know, I did kind of didn't know what I was getting into last year. So this year, of course, I listened to your guys' shows a lot. And um, I really felt like I was prepared for the draft. And uh, so I did get a good bunch of core players. As Kevin said, I've got 10 on my roster right now. Uh, my two guys on IL that are batters are both guys I drafted also. And I, yeah, I know one of them will get back this week. And you hopefully I'll get the other well. Huh? But, yeah. yeah so, I didn't count those guys as being on the active roster. But yeah. uh, if you did, then you, then you had 12, the same as Vince and I do. Yeah, so I, I felt good about that, and I, I did kind of adopt drafting a philosophy that Kevin talked about, which was to go heavy with starting pitchers and not worry about relievers. And um, so I just had one reliever. I've never had a, a, a closer really all year. My one reliever's done good. He's hurt right now. I found another guy that kind of comparable to him. Um, but my starting pitchers was my strength early on. And But I've had to make some moves. You know, you always have injuries. Um, my best pitcher, McClanahan, went out. That really hurt. Um, and then Kershaw was out for quite a while. He started out great, and that hurt. And uh, Valdez has just been real up and down. You know, he'll just have a fantastic game, but then, you know, it can be tough there. So I've had to really juggle the last two or three positions a little bit, and I'm really going to have to do that, you know, probably more like what you guys do here in the playoffs. I'm going to have to have a pitcher or two that I can move around. Um, I'm wondering if maybe in the playoffs here there will be a few more players available because the guys that aren't in the playoffs maybe won't make as many pickups as they normally do. I don't know if that'll be the case or not, because it's gotten down to where there's, it's hard to find guys really to pick up. You know, the whole key, like you guys says, is matchups. And I've got to stay on top of that uh, to get players or especially a pitcher who's in the right matchup, um, no doubt about it. And I think it's important probably to have players on teams now that are in the playoff hunt in Major League Baseball because they're going to be um, pushing and everything there. So I've tried to, to you know, uh, when I look at a player, is he on a team that's still in contention? 
Yeah, that's you're right, and that's interesting because there are guys um, that you have to pay attention to what their playing time is. You got all these a lot of new guys are going to come up for these teams that are completely out of it. They're going to play some some young guys, and and maybe some guys aren't getting as much regular playing time as they did. Pitchers might start to get dialed back a little bit if they're out of the playoffs. Uh, yeah, especially the young well. guys. That's something to really keep your eye on because if they're going to shut them down, they have no reason to press them, them young young players, young pitchers. Yeah. And so that's something I'm super tuned into. If uh, if it's advanced, you know, because I've got some rookies on my on my roster. And so uh, I'm going to be really watching. The, oh, oh, they're shutting him down, and I will immediately make a move once I hear that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And even injured list guys. I had a guy go on the injured list. I think it was in a different league. Um, he's they said he's going to be out for two weeks. I said, well, I mean, I put him on the injured list, but <laughs> I was I was getting ready to drop him completely, and I was like, well, I might as well put him on the injured list. I got a spot open, uh, but uh, it, pretty much he's done for, and ain't going to help me at all. Uh, anymore in these playoffs. Um, and actually, no, that is in this league. Jason Adam, a reliever from Tampa, uh, that is, uh, he's probably done for the, for the year. So, yeah, because I've, uh, I've had Cruz from Pittsburgh on my IL for months. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it looks like he's not going to help at all. And the uh, only reason why I haven't dropped him is because I don't need to. Yeah. I don't yeah. have anybody that I need to put on my IL, but if I did, it wouldn't take me long to, to kick him. <laughs> Move on from O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, <laughs> I hear that. Uh, Dad, any any uh, insight for the folks uh, here week one of the playoff matchup? Uh, again, it's a two-week period. So uh, how much does that frustrate you, or do you like that idea of a two-week two week playoff? Um, it, it, it's a little bit different getting used to well, I haven't been in it before because I wasn't in the playoffs last year. I did go ahead and compete in the um, – the consolation bracket just to kind of get used to it. But um, yeah, I haven't been in a two week bracket. I'm anxious to see when it comes out, maybe you guys know already like what the pitching limit is for the two weeks and things like that to see what that's going to be. I'll um, know that tomorrow morning. Yeah. Okay. Well, once I know that, then I, you know, you got, obviously, like you said last week, you've got to keep an eye on that. You don't want to get your pitchers too early, but you don't, the key, I think the only way for to really have a chance is, you know, don't lose any spots. Don't lose a day. Don't, don't get caught on a guy that's not playing that, you know, you need to get another guy in his spot. And um, you definitely want to fill all your pitcher spots and probably go over on that last day, I guess, of the second week. Because I assume, I assume the pitcher limits will be for the whole two weeks, not for a week at a time. Is that right? That's right. Correct. That That's right. Yeah. It'll be all two weeks, and it might be 19. Or I'm not sure what it is. But we'll know that first thing in the morning. Gotcha. Yeah, because it's – it's is it 12 regularly? It's 12 regularly. Okay. And so it might be – 20 it's going to be in the 20s i'm sure yeah it'll at least be 20 i'm trying to see uh doesn't tell us i was looking to see if it said it in the settings it does not um yeah so i i would guess it's at least 20 uh if not if not more i don't know that it'll be a full 24 uh, during the all-star break when there was a two-week scoring period that might give us some insight into that yeah but that wasn't a full two weeks but it it was like 10 days yeah. yeah, so uh, it, it, 
like I said, first thing when when we get up in the morning, we'll see what it says if it's twenty one or twenty four, whatever it is, and then yeah. you can plan from there. Yeah. And um, as I was saying, just don't uh, don't lose sight of that. Yeah. I've seen it happen where a guy yeah. I was talking to Vince last week about a guy I was playing in the playoffs one time and he had all his starters moved, you know, used up before the, the second weekend came around and I just trounced him from there because he could got he got no points out of his starters for like three days. Yeah. So you don't want that to be you. So. Nope. Uh, I, I would say this not to be disrespectful to me or dad. I think that Kevin and chase are the favorites going in, even though dad is the two seed chase has been scoring. His point totals have been uh, just wild. It's been wild short Vince, because remember last year I was number one seed as well. And, uh, you snuck in and, and slapped me around a little bit and, uh, yeah. took me down. I'm not sure if I heard you, uh, Kevin. You might want to say that again. Uh, yes, no. <laughs> I can only hope that it happens again because I brought it up all season. Uh, so I, I, I'd hate to have to listen to it from Kevin. Uh, I like to be the one saying the stuff, not listening to the stuff. So, uh, anyways, Dad, congrats. Uh, that's right. First of all, when you started the season 11 and 0, that's hard enough to do. Uh, but you kept, you held it together, even though you lost the one seed. You did hold it together the rest of the year. Uh, ending 15 and six and uh, locking in the two seed as well. And uh, it's been a great season for you now, but it's an uphill climb. I'm not going to lie against the uh, Rice Lake Chasers. Uh, it's going to be a fun matchup to watch. So congrats, dad. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll catch up with you as well later uh, in these playoffs. Uh, also, hopefully there'll be at least one Stover in the championship. Um, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, thanks dad for jumping on tonight. Yep. And uh, hanging out with us. All right. Good deal. Thanks, guys. Yeah. See ya. All right. Dale Stover. That's my dad. You can catch him every, uh, I didn't give him the chance to promote his content. Uh, you can catch him every Wednesday night on the Sports Stove podcast. Uh, and as we talk sports, we cover baseball. We'll continue to cover baseball throughout the season. And of course, heavy football right now as well. All right, Kevin, here's what we're going to do we're going to jump to our uh, fantasy awards. And if we have time, we'll talk MLB stuff in a moment. But we're going to call this segment, uh, let's see here, which way. Let's go Fantasy Burner, since we didn't play that one earlier. All right. And, oh, let me say these a couple things real quick I had written down. Uh, Kevin Wilson finished the year. He manages the Will C team, 18-3. Uh, and He uh, beat me both. And we only played twice this season, Kevin. Uh, you beat it's me both times. kind of weird how that times. schedule made out. But, uh... Yeah. So, uh, but, that um, but was you a beat me by that we played too. So it's not like we're, you know, used to, or know, yeah. you know exactly what we're getting ourselves into. So another interesting aspect of this battle coming up. Definitely. You beat me by 53 points the first time, 98 points the second time. Um, you were three and three against the playoff teams. Uh, so you beat me twice. You beat, uh, I think chase once. And then, uh, dad swept you and, and you split it with chase. Uh, one and one with Chase, so three and three against playoff teams. I'm 13 and eight on the season. Again, 0 and two against Kevin this year. Uh, so he has the upper hand, no doubt, going into this. But we're going to get into uh, fantasy baseball awards. Uh, okay. We've got several. Uh, uh, let's see here, things for you. Uh, offensive player of the year, pitcher of the year, rookie of the year, comeback player of the year, 
waiver wire pickup of the year and disappointment of the year. And then I added one more, the Shohei Atani award um, that we are giving to Shohei Atani so that okay. we don't have to talk about him. And the other, and actually, I don't know that he would have won um, offensive player of the year or even pitcher of the year. He has good stats. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure that he had the best stats, but we got to give him, he's the highest scoring fantasy player. Of course, he gets counted for both pitching and batting, which obviously helps him. Uh, but it would feel which wrong to not, not mention Shohei anymore after this year because he may not right. pitch again. Yeah, very true. So, so we'll give him the Shohei Atani award so we don't have to talk about him in these other awards. All right, we're going to jump okay. into Offensive Player of the Year. I'm going to give you three candidates, and then if you have someone different than one of these three, we'll talk about them as well. Offensive Player of the Year, our three candidates are Ronald Acuna from the Atlanta Braves, Mookie Betts from the Los Angeles Dodgers, and Freddie Freeman from the Los Angeles Dodgers as well. Um, is your winner one of those guys? It certainly is, and okay. uh, I would like, I would love to uh, you know, lift up Mookie Betts because he's a Dodger, and he's on my fantasy team, and uh, as hot as he was in August, because he became the third player in the history of baseball to hit 450 and hit 10 home runs in a month. So that's certainly noteworthy. <laughs> but Ronald Acuna is doing something that's never been accomplished in the history of baseball, and that's hit 30 home runs and steal 60 bases. Yeah. He'll probably have 70 bases stolen by the time end of the season. And those, and it, and I, it was argued to me, well, you no know, steals are, are are up. Well, they are, but he easily beat <laughs> out any other player as far as steals is concerned. And so, especially in our league, which is a points league, if you got seventy steals, then that gives him a huge because Mookie's only got ten. Yeah, and so that is a clear advantage to him. It's also that he's hitting over three thirty. And he has, like I mentioned, 30 home runs and all the other things that we could talk about. And um, so to me, Ronald Acuna is the offensive player of the year. And if it wasn't for Shohei Otani, he'd be the, you know, the MVP of fantasy baseball. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you said it. Mookie only had 10 steals compared to Acuna's 63. Freddie Freeman, if he didn't strike out so much, he would have been the best player in fantasy baseball uh, outside of Otani, of course. Yeah, Freddie Freeman you know, he might out 102 doubles. times. Yeah, and uh, that's unusual for him, I believe, that he doesn't strike out in his career as much as that. And, uh, and, and as you mentioned, strikeouts are a negative points in a, in a points league. Yeah. So you have to take that into account. The other two didn't strike out nearly on the pace that he did, so – that was a negative to him. Yeah, but Freeman and negative. Betts both had more him. RBIs than Acuna. Uh, they both had. Uh, let's see here. No, Betts had more more walks. Um, uh, let's see. What was the other thing that I saw? And now I can't find it. Uh, either way, Freeman and Betts were really close. They weren't that far off from Acuna. The stolen bases is ultimately what separated, and the strikeouts. He struck out uh, seventy four times. Acuna did compared to 94 from Mookie Betts and 102 from Freddie Freeman. Uh, that's kind of what separates them, in my opinion. I, I agree with that. So, uh, like I said, I'd love to sit up here and talk about, yay, Mookie. But especially because Ronald Acuna went after 
And so yeah. you want to talk about a value, and your dad, I believe, has him. And so he got mucho grande, you know, value out of him. Definitely. And so, uh, so good on, you know, Ronald Huna, offensive uh, player of the year. Yeah, unanimous uh, offensive player of the year from me and Kevin here. Yep. Uh, let's go to pitcher of the year. Here's the three candidates. Garrett Cole from the New York Yankees, Spencer okay. Strider from the Atlanta Braves, and Zach Gallen from the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, is your pitcher of the year on this list. He is, and I am extraordinarily happy to talk about him. Spencer Strider. He's on, your team. He's on yeah. my team. I could talk about Zach Gallen, too, because he's on my team as well. Mm-hmm. But Spencer Strider, he leads the league and wins at 16. He's far out in strikeouts. And uh, especially coming down the stretch, because there was a little period earlier, earlier in the year where it was, well, he was walking guys and everything. But and he pitches for the best team in baseball. Yeah. And uh, as I'm 16 and four, you can't, you know, who else could possibly be 16 and four? No one else. So Spencer Strider, and you talk about value, because he's a guy, he was my first pitcher taken, but I didn't take a pitcher until later in the draft. So I really struck gold on him. So Spencer Strider, yeah. yay him. Strider drafted number 34 in our league. Gallon drafted number 54 and Garrett Cole drafted number four um, in the league. Uh, and, and uh, here's the thing about Strider. He's my pitcher of the year. Also um, he pitched 159.1 innings, which is 20 less or almost 20 less than Cole and gallon, but he struck out 245 strikeouts compared to, uh, to the other guys who didn't even come close to that. Cole was at uh, 188, Gallon at 182, both great years. So um, he's 50 strikeouts clear of both of them. Yeah. Gallon only walked 37 batters this year, which is impressive. Which, which uh, is really helpful well. in a points league, no question about that. Yes, it is. Uh, but Spencer Strider, in my opinion, the clear winner of Pitcher of the Year. Another unanimous vote. For me and Kevin, and we did not talk about these beforehand. These no, are the easy ones. Um, nope. so, so this is yeah. straight off the cuff. All right, not practice, not pre, you know, heated. All right, let's go to rookie of the year. Uh, okay. The three candidates are Corbin Carroll, outfielder, Arizona Diamondbacks, Spencer Steer, utility man, Cincinnati Reds, and Kodai Senga, pitcher for the New York Mets, is your rookie of the year on this he list. Is. And this is the easiest selection of, out of all these guys, I believe. And that's Corbin Carroll. He's been right there since the beginning. He's been swinging a steady bat the whole time. And uh, I've got him right here. Uh, he is the number one ranked outfielder in fantasy baseball, first of all. Uh, 23 homers, 41 stolen bases. And so... Uh, he hit a home run today. He's got two home runs this week alone. So he has not slowed down from April till now. And so uh, 281 batting average. And today's game, you'll take the guy that hit 281 every single day of the week. So, And there's a lot of young pitchers that I would probably have thrown in there, rookies that, you know, way, way above what we expected. But Corbin Carroll is head and shoulders above everyone else when it comes to rookie of the year to me. So I'm going to argue he's not head and shoulders, but I agree with you. He is the rookie of the year. Let me give you a couple stats here. Kodai Senga, when you think of the Mets, you don't think of good, um, first no. of all. But as a rookie pitcher, um, he pitched 143.1 innings, 
176 strikeouts, only 66 okay. walks, a 3.08 ERA, and 13 quality starts, which is pretty solid for a rookie pitcher. Absolutely. And so shout out to Cody Senga. You, you, you're not getting 30, 13 quality starts out of a veteran pitcher anymore, let alone. <laughs> right. Yeah, so a great season for him. Spencer Steer is an interesting one. He's the 10th ranked fantasy third baseman, the 14th ranked fantasy first baseman, and the 16th ranked fa uh, fantasy outfielder. Uh, so top 16 in each of the categories he's eligible in. He had 18 home runs. Cor Carroll had 23. 72 RBIs. Carroll only had 51. 12 stolen bases. Of course, Carroll crushed him in that category. Um, and then 113 strikeouts didn't help his cause, although Carroll had 104 strikeouts. And that, Carroll is the rookie about, of the year, but Spencer Steer had a great year. When you talk about rookies, nobody made a bigger splash than Ella Dela Cruz. Yeah. And, uh, but the strikeouts, because I've got him on my team, but those strikeouts, pour, he poured on – he had four strikeouts the other day. Yeah. And so that's why I didn't even consider him, even though he was the most electric player maybe in sure. baseball. But and I think outs, you got to count for that. Definitely. I think the thing about Spencer Steer, which caught my eye too, not only is he well ranked at the end of this year, no one had Spencer Steer coming into the no year. One. No, no one was, you know, no one was talking about Spencer Steer being an elite yeah, we fantasy We might have player. answered our question about uh, that might be coming up. We'll see. All right. Uh, uh, he is not on mine, by the way, but nonetheless, that's okay. Um, it, it, I understand what you're saying. Okay. okay. Comeback player of the year, by the way, okay. unanimous Corbin Carroll, rookie of the year. Okay. All right. Comeback player of the year. This is one that we might have different people on, okay. uh, but we'll see. Uh, I've got three, uh, three people, Christian Yelich, uh, okay. Cody Bellinger, and Cattell Marte are the three nominees that I had for Comeback Player of the Year. Is your Comeback Player of the Year on this list? It is. It is. <laughs> and it's a former Dodger, Cody Bellinger. Yeah. And because uh, I, I got, hang on, I got the stats over here. Okay, two years ago, Cody Bellinger hit one, uh, 165 with 10 homers, 36 RBIs. And the year after that, 210, 1968, struck out 150 times. A hundred and fifty. Okay, that's almost that that that's mind-boggling. Yeah. But this year, 319, 22 homers, eighty-one RBIs, seventy-eight runs, and the kicker, he only has sixty-nine strikeouts. Yep. And so uh, he shaved like eighty strikeouts from his total from a year ago, and um, those other guys that you mentioned all are certainly worthy, but. If you go from 210 with 150 strikeouts to 319 with 69, you are the comeback player of the year. I 100% agree. Uh, Bellinger's the seventh-ranked outfielder here at the end of the season. You heard his stats there. Um, well worthy, another unanimous pick. Let me give you a few numbers. Christian Yelich, 17 home runs, 70 RBIs, 27 stolen bases. He did strike out 124 times, but he is the eighth-ranked outfielder right behind Cody Bellinger, which is a huge step up from where he's been the last couple of years. And then I had to give a shout-out to Cattell Marte also. This is a guy I've always liked in fantasy, but he yeah. really had struggled. And uh, this year he's got 21 home runs, 69 RBIs. He's batting 274. He's back to fantasy relevance again, and I felt it was worth bringing him up 
as well for his uh, his getting back on the scene, just like Bellinger and Yelich, who were MVPs and MVP candidates for a couple of years. And and uh, then between those two guys, it was like, who's better, Bellinger or Yelich? And then we forgot about him the last, last year or two. Uh, but Bellinger is back and has had a phenomenal season for the Cubs. And uh, congratulations, Cody Bellinger, unanimous uh, comeback player of the year. I'm sorry, I wasn't sure if we'd have the same one. I figured we might, but yeah, now is where it gets interesting. Okay. Uh, waiver wire pickup of the year. I have three candidates, and uh, and it may not be the one that you have. I'm not sure. So here are the three candidates that I have: uh, okay. Lane Thomas from the okay. Washington Nationals, Zach okay. Eflin from the Tampa Bay Rays, and okay. Justin Steele from the Chicago Cubs is your uh, waiver wire pickup of the year on this list. Uh, he is not. Okay. And so uh, I'm going to refer to the player we were just talking about a moment ago, Cody Bellinger. Yeah. He was picked up in our league way back in April 8th. And so uh, sell the team, Bob, when he was actually active in our league, saw something in him right out of the gate. And so added him. So he's had this guy on his roster since April. And uh, as you mentioned, he's, He's the, the outfielder that filled the void. And uh, so I've got him. We could have talked about Steer a moment ago. Talked about Ellie Cruz, Della Cruz. We, you know, I had him. But uh, so but Cody Bellinger to me is the guy, the ad of the year, because he's given you everything that you could possibly have asked for. Uh, very good. So. This is an interesting one. First of all, Lane Thomas had to be on there. He'd been picked he up did. and dropped all Absolutely. season long, um, but he finishes the year 22 home runs, 72 RBIs, 17 stolen bases, and hitting 282. But for me, it came down to these two pitchers, Eflin and Steele. Uh, I'm going to go with Zach Eflin as my pick, so let me give you Steele's numbers first. He goes 144 innings pitched, 15 and 3 on the year, 17 <laughs> quality starts, with only 31 walks, and 141Ks, 3.00 ERA. Justin Steele had moments this season where he looked yeah. like an ace uh, for sure. And he he kind of found himself off and on to people's rosters for a little bit. And then he finally stuck around. Uh, again, undrafted yeah, in our league. Both these guys are off the same team, the Cubs. You talk about a team right. that hit gold. Chicago Cubs yeah. did exactly that. And I refer you back to February. Um, and, uh, and I, I know we brought this up, but nonetheless, I'll stop patting myself on the back. <laughs> Zach Eflin though, is my pick 150.2 innings pitched 13 and eight on the season, 16 quality starts, 151 strikeouts, only 20 walks, only 20 walks on the year. Wow. 3.40 ERA. So. <laughs> yeah. There's guys who walked yeah. him in two games. Yeah. Um, so certainly, uh, Zach Eflin was originally claimed off of Tampa Bay B without that guy because they're a tire right. off, you know, ro- you know rotation. Everybody else hurt. You know, yeah. as uh, your dad mentioned, Shane McCannahan lost. Yep. I had him in my league. The other league I'm in lost. And as I mentioned, Springs lost. And yep. so, uh, and they were all those three. You know, the other guy is escaping my. Uh, my memories at the present time, but all three of those guys were pitching well for Tampa. And then the rug got pulled out from under them. So if no Zach Eflin, 
there would be no playoffs coming Tampa's way this year. Zach Eflin was originally picked up April 1st by Dan D'Amico, dropped a month later, May the 3rd, picked up by myself, May the 5th, and it's been on my roster ever since. Uh, There, I had to have at least one player that was on my roster get an award. Uh, So our first split decision uh, between uh, Bellinger and Eflin. All right, now our disappointment of the year, and we might agree on this one, but here is... The nominees for Disappointment of the Year. Go ahead. Uh, Drafted 40th overall. Okay. Pitcher, Alex Manoa. Alec Manoa, excuse me. Uh, Three and nine on the year, four quality starts, 87.1 innings pitched, 79 strikeouts, 59 walks, and a 5.87 ERA. Nominee number two is from the Miami Marlins, Jazz Chisholm. He was drafted 136th overall, later than I thought he was, but nonetheless, 14 home runs, 36 RBIs, 17 stolen bases. And the last nominee I have is Dalton Varsho, catcher and outfielder for the Toronto Blue Jays. He was drafted 59th overall, 16 home runs, 51 RBIs, 15 stolen bases on the season. Is your disappointment of the year on this list? Uh... I was personally going to go with Sandy Alcantara. Okay. Of those Miami Marlins. Yeah. Because this is a guy, Cy Young Award guy, and he completely, not as much as Alec Manoa, I guess, you know, thinking about it, Alec Manoa's probably got to be the disappointment of the year. But uh, Alcantara, at least, was a Cy Young Award winner, and he stepped off the cliff completely. For a Miami team that's been battling for the playoffs, if they has this kind of season he had a year ago, then I think we're talking about Miami in a completely different light. Sure. And so, uh, so I'm gonna. I was. I probably like to change my answer to be honest with you to Alec <laughs> Manoa because he was completely and he was a solid pitcher of his own right a yeah. year ago. But uh, Sandy Alcantara is who I came up with, so I'm gonna stick with him. I like it. 16th overall draft pick in our league. Uh, he ends the year with a 6-12 and 12 record. Um, yeah. That hurts. And, and, uh, and, and he kind of made it look like, you know, hey, I'm coming around. And so the who, whoever drafted him, which uh, – Dan D'Amico. Dan D'Amico. All right. You know, he gave Dan some uh, some false sense of, you know, hope, right, that he was going to yeah. turn things. Because Alec Manoa, once he went bad, stayed bad. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, you know, he didn't. He didn't tease quite like uh, Alcantara did. But uh, so there you have. I, it. I I was surprised Manoa was drafted fortieth, uh, first pick in the fourth round, if I understand it correctly. And um, oh yeah, I, if he was that high, then yeah. Yeah, I have to admit, it's when I saw that, I was surprised. I didn't realize he went that high. My pick was going to be Dalton Varsho. I think it has to be Alec Manoa. Uh, so that's what I'm going to go with. But Varsho, we pumped him up. And he was, we did. Yeah. And, you know, because he's he was catcher qualified. If he was just an outfielder, we, we you know, he would be – we wouldn't be talking about him. But he's catcher qualified. And he was going to be in the lineup every single day. We're like, well, you know, this is, you know, just like with MJ Melendez. Yeah, MJ Melendez, yeah. You know, outfielder. <laughs> Catcher qualified. Neither of those guys are going to have that designation. Not that right. it's going to matter because we're not going to want either of them anyway. But uh, so Dalton Varsho is a, certainly a disappointing player. And I could, and he was going earlier than I was probably 
ready to take him anyway. But uh, if you drafted him, you were sorely disappointed. Yeah, I added Varsho on waivers, actually. Uh, he got dropped. I don't remember by who now, but he did get dropped, and I added him there. Uh, same with Melendez, and uh, it all worked out. I mean, okay, Melendez is no longer around on my team, but nonetheless. Um, and here you go. Last last one I have is the most disappointing person in our league. Uh, so so here's the nominees for the most disappointing <laughs> fantasy player in our league. Uh, we got to throw in Nathan Nguyen. Uh, last in the league, 2-18, and 18, lowest scoring, but he played some great defense. Um, the lowest scored against team in our league was Nathan Nguyen, which I'm not sure how that works, but nonetheless, it did. Um, Cincinnati sell the team, Bob, uh, is is another nominee, 5-15 and 15 on the year. Uh, he stopped playing a, a while in, didn't keep that, that roster going. And then our third nominee is Dan D'Amico, uh, defending champion, uh, he just fell apart. Could not, could not retain, couldn't even make it back to the playoffs. That's and right. so my most disappointing fantasy player in our league is Dan D'Amico. I uh, agree. The, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, he was the champion, as you mentioned, and, uh, was a worthy champion. He's been on our show and, uh, for him to, uh, step off, you know, stepping off the curb is one thing. Yeah. But you step off the off completely off the mountainside, then you got to get special, you know, mention right there. <laughs> ten and ten on the year, he ended five hundred. Uh, or no, actually, uh, he did not end five hundred because that does not include this week's score. Anyways, um, let's talk real quick before we sign off. Um, the the division races are pretty well set. What do you think about the Guardians claiming all the Angels pitchers? You know, I I am baffled by what Cleveland is doing. Because they made no moves at the uh, trade deadline. In fact, they made negative moves. I was going to say, they made a move. Yeah, Yeah, they made, which uh, I still don't understand. So I thought, well, they're not going to try and win. And so all of a sudden, now they're signing Lucas Giolito, which I am absolutely out on. And, uh, you know, they can have him. And, uh, you know, there's, oh, we're only five games behind Minnesota. Well, it's not like you're a half a game, all right? You're not <laughs> going to win the division. So I don't know what in the world Cleveland's doing here. Yeah. I'll tell you, for a playoff team, if you add Giolito as a fifth guy in your rotation, I think that's a good move. But that's not what happened. Uh, Cleveland, yeah, really weird. And it wasn't just Giolito. They also claimed, was it Moore? I forget. Yeah, they claimed the, somebody the else. Too. Pitcher. Apparently, the two of them have are like you know symbiotic twins. Oh. They they go to you know to teams together. They went to the okay. White Sox. They went to the Angels together. Now they're on Cleveland yeah. together. And uh, Hunter Renfro went to Cincinnati. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. But uh, there was some one other guy that that Cleveland claimed. I'm I'm drawing a blank on him. Yeah, but, uh, that's okay. To sit there and say, well, we're only five games out, so yay, we're making a playoff push. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be five games behind potentially if you made the you know some moves way back on August first. Right. So I am confused completely by what Cleveland's doing. Uh, in the American League right now, Rays, Astros, Rangers are your wild card teams. The Blue Jays a game and a half out. The Rangers won only four of their last ten, but the Blue Jays yeah. only won five of their last ten. Um, I'm starting to think though that Toronto is going to make it in over Texas. I'm starting to not believe in the Rangers anymore. Yeah, Am I wrong to do so? I don't think you're wrong. I want to be wrong. I want us to be wrong, 
But like yesterday, clear example of this, and they have back, you know, Scherzer hit six innings, allow no runs on two hits, and you're up four was four to nothing, I believe it was, or no, it was one to nothing. They were up, and then the next thing you know, boom, they're <laughs> down, right? And they yeah. lose. You cannot lose games where Max Scherzer is pitching you six innings of two-hit baseball. Can't have yep. it. They won today, and the other day they were up five to nothing and still couldn't win. Their bullpen is a mess. I had Chapman on my fantasy team. I'm sorry I had to say say la vie because yep. he's given up. He's lost his last two appearances, negative fantasy points in two consecutive games. You will not be on my playoff roster. Thank you very much. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting race for seed number six in the AL. In the NL, it's wild. I mean, wild out here right now. There are currently four teams tied uh, for the sixth spot in the wild card race. The Diamondbacks, the Giants, and the Reds were tied last week, too. The Marlins on a four-game win streak are now back in the hunt as See, well. You know what happened? You know what happened, Vince? They heard what I had to say about them because I completely <laughs> dismissed yep. the Miami Marlins. And they're like, well, we're going to shove those words down Kevin's throat. So <laughs> they, that's exactly what they did. I'm sorry. I'm still not buying into this Miami Marlins myth. I'm not doing I'm not that. buying into the Diamondbacks, uh, the Marlins, the Giants, or the Reds. I, it doesn't matter which one makes the which one makes the wild card. No. I'm not buying into them. No, because – no, because Philadelphia is the clear, you know, you can talk about teams that, that are not in first, yeah. that have the potential to take them down. Philadelphia is right there. Milwaukee's there. And you got, uh, of course, Atlanta. They uh, LA. Yeah. And L.A. And uh, L.A. was 24-4 and in August, but the Braves went in there to slap them silly. And uh, the Dodgers won today. But that's a statement if there ever was one. And Braves are clearly the best team in baseball. But uh, if we're going to talk about a team that's not in first, Philadelphia is the team to, to keep your eye on. I'll tell you what. Um, I, Philadelphia-Milwaukee played this week, three-game series. Right. It was an right. absolute awesome series. It was it a was. lot of fun to watch. Yeah, that's um, right. So that's the potential first-round matchup preview so i'll tell you what it made me more confident in what uh the brewers could do based off of the games this weekend uh they won seven to five two games in a row they lost today four to two um and uh, wade miley takes the loss in today's game but i i tell you what milwaukee's offense has really looked solid as of late they do are getting healthy. Their bullpen still scares me. There's aspects of it that I love, but when Andrew Chafin comes in, even though he got the win Saturday night, I'm not confident that it's going to go in our favor. And then we got a young kid, Uribe, who throws the ball like straight fire, but um, he doesn't have great control, and so you never know what you're going to get out of him either. Uh, but I like it. I like what the Brewers look like. I still think Atlanta's the best team. I still think the Dodgers are the second best team, uh, but I it gives me a little bit more hope that maybe Milwaukee can get it going this last month and actually go into the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs. Um, because the way they looked against Philadelphia was, uh, was really intriguing to me. Needless to say. 
I agree with that because uh, Milwaukee, if they're not playing Philadelphia, I think they're they're superior to the other teams that you just talked about. Right. And so, I there's a clear path for them to make it to the. Uh, can't say it's the second round. That's this is yeah. baseball. So the division <laughs> series, I guess, what we're calling it. Yeah. So, uh, but, so, so once you you know make the playoffs, then anything can happen. And yep. I think that that Milwaukee is looking pretty 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 safe, and uh, like what they're doing. And uh, even though the Cubs beat them two out of three, but they didn't dominate. So the Cubs are a team that could be dangerous. I agree. But, they're three and a half back from the division. I don't think they're going to catch Milwaukee in the division, no. but yeah. I do think they're going to make a wild card. Uh, and again, go back to the all-star break and listen to our episodes. I tried <laughs> to tell everybody they're coming. Uh, nobody would listen. No, the Reds are amazing, I was told here in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, you're just mad because you you don't like the Reds. Okay, but I'm trying to help you not that's get right. hurt. And nobody <laughs> would listen to me, but that's okay. So, all right, so... <laughs> The Reds are still a team that could make it. But no, they're not. They could. No, they no, could. they can't give. Okay. Don't, don't give them hope. Right. I'm telling you. I'm, okay. It's, you know, it's I'm, not I'm, healthy. I'm here to sprinkle a little hope pellet throughout the <laughs> land still. But, uh, but oh, poor Reds not fan. a team to take seriously in postseason wise. Right. They're not serious. Marlins are not serious. Right. And uh, the I don't think the Diamondbacks are. But I mean, Justin Steele cannot pitch every single game. Right. And so I, I think they're going to come short with the pitching. And uh, so. And that's we'll the deal for the Reds. They don't have the pitchers to do they it. Don't, um, they don't. They can't, they can't they, maintain it. The pitchers they do have are young. Yeah. They're still young. Yeah. Ashcraft Give them two and, or three uh, years and maybe they'll yeah. find their consistency. Right. And yeah. so uh, how much are they going to press these young guys? They don't want to ruin their arms. Yeah. No, but you're right. If they're in the playoffs. And Green's race, been injured already. Play. I mean, yeah. But uh, so I'm not. I'm Cincinnati's pitching, and especially in that ballpark, not a good combination. And uh, yeah. there comes my cat. She agrees with me. And uh, and and all those chants from the beginning of the year about selling the team got awfully quiet around the All Star break. Sure did. Uh, when sure the did. sellout crowds and all that kind of stuff. So maybe old Bob knows what he's doing in Cincinnati. Uh, give him some time, maybe, and we'll see if he can well, can keep you know, his young. Court I, again. I don't know who their uh, general manager is. That's who I would say knows what he's probably doing. <laughs> good point. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> they certainly have. They're they've got the young players. Beyond yeah. the uprising, they and do. Nobody, they got to keep. I them. didn't. I didn't expect Cincinnati. We'd be talking about the Reds at all. No, let I alone, agree. you know, hey, they they can make a playoff run. So things are definitely looking up in Cincinnati. They're looking up yeah. in Chicago, and so. Uh, but Milwaukee, and since the, you talk about step off the mountainside, the Cardinals. They, oh my they, goodness. You know, they stepped off into one of those holes that were like yeah. in Sinbad, you know, way back in the day that you yeah. stepped into a hole and it never had an end. Yeah. So so here's the game plan for this show moving forward. We, we will not have a show next week um, with it being opening opening Sunday for the NFL uh, and middle of the playoff matchup and all that kind of stuff. We're not going to have a show next week. We'll plan on having a show in two weeks when we get into our championship matchup. And then another show two weeks after that, 
when we conclude our championship matchup, and that'll give us time to break down the whole Major League Baseball season, along with the fantasy season, of course, as well. This week, Kevin, what are you, we'll what are you putting out? We'll give an opportunity to one of us will be yeah. crowing in two weeks, yes. and the other will be hiding their head in shame. One of us will be <laughs> a little sick that night. The other one will be ready to go. <laughs> All right. What, what do you got coming out this week, Kev, on the uh, bellyupfantasysports.com? Well, the uh, like uh, I mentioned Friday, I put out an article, as I mentioned, strategy all over the all over the place. Uh, there was stuff that we talked about, but I added in a few things into my article and uh, last bit uh, on Reddit had 11,000 views. So people are ta- paying attention to that. And because uh, uh, I was looking at the schedule, and there are two doubleheaders that I was not aware of that are coming up during this playoff run that uh, are of interest. One's Philadelphia and Atlanta, and the other one's the Dodgers at Colorado. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, so, you know, you might want to definitely play you – know, there's going to be hitters, maybe not pitchers, may not want to right. do pitchers in either of those series. Yeah. But uh, the hitters, you might want to you know, pay attention to that. And because uh, and also because Thursday there were four games. Mm. That was all. Yeah. And, um, and it seems like Thursdays, Death Valley days. So, you know, you need to pay attention. You got to pay attention. And uh, tomorrow is kind of funny because it's Labor Day. But not every team's playing. Yeah, I think there's a lot of games though. There are a lot of games, yeah. but not the yeah. Dodgers are not playing. Just as an example, because yeah. they're on their way to Miami. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that article is there. You want to definitely check that out. And uh, even as I mentioned, if you're like Chase and you're a first time guy, or if you're like us and you're, you know, I'm a veteran. I know what I'm doing. But uh, never hurts to get a refresher. So Belly Fantasy website, that story is right there at the top. So definitely want to check that out. Very good. Uh, I've got uh, mostly turned to football with my articles these days. We'll have MLB power rankings out on bellyupsports.com. Went to the EKU Cincinnati football game this weekend. Recap that. So that's up as well. We'll be doing a preview for Kentucky EKU football for this coming weekend too. I don't, I don't plan on getting a whole lot of baseball content out there uh, right now, other than the power rankings. Uh, But we'll talk about it on the show Wednesday night with my dad. We'll be talking the playoffs and everything going on there. Uh, Tomorrow night is the live sports stove local hour with uh, EKU defensive lineman, Ryan Jackson. As we recap what went on in Cincinnati, it was a tough, tough day for EKU. Uh, But what went on there, talked to Ryan about his sack first sack of the season and, uh, and we'll preview what's coming up with Kentucky as well there. He's Kevin Wilson, the number right. one seed in the fantasy baseball playoffs. You can find him on Twitter at Kevin62WILSEA. I'm Vince Stover, the four seed, going head-to-head against Kevin this week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. We'll be back in two weeks right here on Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, to talk about fantasy baseball championships and uh, and one of our right. utter demise and the other one's uh, triumphant <laughs> success. Uh, right. But we sure appreciate you tuning in. Yeah. Go to yeah, righteousfelon.com, yeah, promo code belly up. The visitors and the people and the, you know, the, the, yes. that turn to us, that, you know, trusts in us. 
that's not trust that we take lightly. And so we yes, appreciate that very much. Very much so. Visit RighteousFelon.com. Use promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your purchase. Go to BellyUpFantasySports.com for all your fantasy needs as well. Thank you for tuning in to the night's edition Thank of you. the Sports and Everybody have a great Labor Day. Great Labor Day indeed. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove. That's right.